1: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast,
0: your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care provider of your Charlotte Hornets. It's an off day for the Hornets, but never an off day here on the HHC. Hornets are preparing to head up to Boston to take on the Celtics tomorrow, but today we've got another interview edition of the hhc sitting down with us today it's jalen mcdaniels who just celebrated his 24th birthday yesterday in his third nba season he has become a consistent part of head coach james borrego's rotation and he's having a career year in a lot of statistical categories including shooting a career high 49% from the field. Jalen McDaniels, kind enough to sit down with us, and we welcome him in here to the Hornets
2: Hivecast. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me.
0: Jalen, your role with the team this season is much different from last year. Last year, you had a lot of roles. You you, you were at the G League level at one point. You were a starter at one point. You went all up and down in between. This season, for the most part, you have been a part of that bench unit and a significant Mm -hmm. part of it start through today how much of a difference does that make for you knowing what your job is week in week out
2: just knowing your job just keeps you in a good place you know what to do out there on the court you already have like a focus of what you need to do I feel like that's the biggest thing knowing your job If you don't know you're just out there just doing anything you know so I feel like just me knowing my job what I'm going in the game to do, and how to stay in the game. Just keep doing what I'm doing, playing hard, doing the little stuff, hitting open shots. Just doing everything, really, I feel like. So I feel like that's my job, really.
0: You and I talked at the end of last season. We talked about your goals mm-hmm. through the off offseason. You said, one, you wanted to get in the way room, get stronger. Yeah. Two you wanted to take a ton of threes in the Mm -hmm. offseason, improve your percentages, Mm -hmm. and threes said you wanted to tighten your handle. Yes, sir. They don't list your weights year one or year two to year three, but we can tell you're stronger out there on the floor. Three-point percentage Mm -hmm. at a career high for you, Mm -hmm. and your turnovers are down from a season to go. Mm -hmm. How do you feel you did approaching your goals from last season and implementing them on the floor here this season?
2: You know, I feel like just all the work just being put in over the, over the summer, you know, it just it just comes out naturally, I, I guess, like I say. Like, just shooting is just, like, more natural, just more confidence, you know. I just got more reps, you know, and just me having the ball in my hand, just doing a lot of drills, but not even drills, just playing a lot, having the ball in my hands, bringing the ball to the court, coming off screens, just practicing doing that, like, five on five, but we... We playing, but I'm practicing for real, though, if you see what I'm saying. So I feel like just doing those things is just, when I get in the game, it's just, like, natural. Just try not to think, you know, and just go out there and play. So I feel like I did a good job of setting some goals for myself and meeting those goals and doing better than them as well.
0: One thing I noticed in your play from a season ago, last mm-hmm. year you, you were very good about sticking to your job, really, mm-hmm. about being a three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. But this year you seem much more confident mm-hmm. in your driving ability yeah. as well, mm-hmm. like your your willingness to take mm-hmm. players off the dribble, attack the lane, mm-hmm. and, and being a little bit more dynamic yeah. in your approach. Do you feel that way?
2: Yeah, I feel like because before I could shoot the ball, that's what I was doing, getting to the rim, floaters, like, you know, before I could shoot at a better rate where people would say, oh, he could pass on the ball to shoot the ball, I guess. So I feel like just me just knowing I can get to the rim, it's just like you got to do it. Me being labeled like more as a sh- catch and shoot kind of made it easier. You know, I made a, f- made a lot of threes, and then now guys are trying to run me off the line. So it makes me get to the paint easier, just head fake, get to the paint, make a decision, lay up, kick out. So I feel like I've been, make- been been a good decision maker at the rim.
0: We're going to talk about your history in a moment here, mm-hmm. but going back to high school, you were a huge star on an extremely successful high yeah, school team. I think he went undefeated or something at yeah, yeah, uh, one definitely. point in high school. Mm-hmm. Big-time player in college. How difficult is it to adjust coming into the NBA knowing you, you're not the man yeah. anymore? you got to reset, rebuild yourself mm-hmm. for this level of play. How difficult is that?
2: Well, I never was one of them guys that was ranked in the ESPN and all that stuff. Like I never was that. So like when I come into the NBA, I knew, like, when i got dropped like okay you might not play a couple games like the people that was working me out like my trainers were like bro like it's real you you your coach won't play you for six games seven games and i got here and i didn't play six seven games it's so it's real so i feel like just having your head on straight just can't get too mad can't get too high too low you know you just got to stay even you know it's it's hard but you got to like work through it definitely but yeah i feel like it was good for me being in college, you know, playing a lot, coming here, getting like a reality check, like you're not playing. Went to the G League, played a lot. So I feel like I'm handling it well, I guess.
0: I know you're a, a forward-looking person, mm-hmm. but is there a part of you that's taken some time now to appreciate how far you've come, that you are an established rotation player mm-hmm. in the NBA, which is more than many people yeah. who even get a, a sniff of the league mm-hmm. have a
2: chance to achieve? It is crazy, you know. I just think about it all the time. Like, I don't want to lose the spot I'm in. Like, you know, I came this far, like, but it can be gone quicker than it came, you know. So I just be trying trying to just work, do my work. When I get in the game, show coach why I need to be out there more, even more. Just stuff like that. Just got to stay with it.
0: Back with more of our conversation with third-year forward Jalen McDaniels after this on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. I get
2: allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid.
1: Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense.
0: Jalen McDaniels, our guest here today on the Hornets Hivecast. Jalen, you're three mm-hmm. in Charlotte year and three. and a semi-return to normal year. Do you feel, I've heard from a lot of players mm-hmm. in town that they like, that they get appreciation from mm-hmm. fans, but mm-hmm. there's also like a respect for their space yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Do you see that?
2: Honestly, I've only had like a few times be like people be like, oh, what's up Jalen, like they knew who I was. But I feel like people know, but they don't say nothing. Like they all look at you like, okay, he's tall. Okay, let me look at them more. Then they know, and then I feel like they know how to come about it. Like, if you're doing something, they won't bother you. But, like, if I'm, like, free or, like, not interrupted with anything, fans say what's up. You know, I talk back, you know, have a regular conversation, you know. So it's cool.
0: And the buzz certainly seems to be building in the Mm -hmm. city with the way the team is playing and and the energy to get back into arenas after Mm -hmm. last year not being allowed in. Do you feel that out there in the community now?
2: Yeah, I feel it definitely, like, more talked about, I feel like. Just Hornets, I want to go to the Hornets games. As to where when I first got here, you know, like, I feel like if we weren't, like, the talk like that, like, we are just, like, the Hornets, but now we got, like, more of a, yeah, the Hornets, they got a good squad this year, like, everything, everybody's playing good, stuff like that. So, I mean, people take notice of When you're doing good.
0: Team is trying to make it to the playoffs. it be the first time in the playoffs in your career, and really one of the first times since high school when you were were a dominant player. In college, you had one game Mm -hmm. in the NCAA tournament. You were the leading scorer for the squad. You lost, I hate to bring up bad memories, but you lost on a a game-winning lay-in with like one second left. One second, yeah. What would it mean to you to be not just a part of a playoff team, but a key core part of the
2: rotation for it? You know, that would mean a lot to me. You know, that's all, you know, I've worked for, you know, whole lot getting to the NBA, playing in the playoffs games and championship games and just being a factor, even, even if I'm not scoring 25 points, but I'm out there making a difference, you know, and people are noticing that, you know. Usually every team has that one guy every year, like, oh, he's not scoring the most points, but he's doing everything out there. He's everywhere, you know, and they get recognition for it, you know, and you just never know what could come from that. So it would be great to be in the playoffs and be – out there flying around doing what I do at the highest level.
0: Your cousin, Juwan Howard,
2: he was a star in college but
0: Mm -hmm. was a key piece, a core piece for a lot of NBA teams for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. What has he told you about his journey or things you took away from watching him that have helped you on your path? Mm
2: -hmm. Really just taking it a day at a time. Each game is going to be different. Your job is going to stay the same, but like each game is going to be different for you, different matchups, different coverages you got to call so he always just told me you know just stay focused on your game plan and uh your job each night and you should be good and just go out there and play hard
0: he's obviously the coach at michigan now his coach there steve fisher is the man who recruited you San Diego State. Mm -hmm. Coach Fisher's assistant, Brian Dutcher, great guy. I got Mm -hmm. got to cover you at San Diego State and cover his teams as well. He is still the head coach there. How did that dynamic help you adjusting to college life Mm -hmm. and everything and, and knowing that you were on a path that might see you get here one day to the NBA?
2: Just knowing Coach Fish and Coach Dutch, you know, their past and even at San Diego State, they had a great history of sending guys to play at the next level, Kawhi Leonard, Jamal Franklin. like There's a many more lists, but I trusted them, and it was even better that my own cousin played for Coach Fish like years back. So that gave me you know, even more trust in him that he can get me to the same place as he got my cousin. So I feel like that just made it even easier to make a decision of where to go to school.
0: The only thing that I can think of that would have made it more difficult for you mm-hmm. making a decision for college mm-hmm. is if – your cousin Juwan was the coach at Michigan at oh, the time. Oh, okay, yeah, what, would, what, what would you? Yeah. You don't. It's a podcast; no one can yeah, see you. Just yeah, yeah. you know, nod at me if you want me to move on. But if he had been the coach, what do you think yeah, you would have done? I
2: don't see my cousin. You might have to go with the fam, but you got to <laughs> do what's best for you. The fam is the fam, no matter what. So you still got to make the right choice based on you. It's still all about you, but you know. So I ain't, I ain't going to answer that, though.
0: <laughs> I have a feeling, at least put it this way, if you had chosen Coach Fisher, that's the one person, do you have said, yeah. okay, I get it?
2: Okay, I'm, yeah, he would have been cool with that. Like, okay, I can't, make, I can't be mad. But it's a win-win, really, in his eye.
0: We'll continue the conversation with third-year Hornets forward Jalen McDaniels after this quick break on the HHC.
1: Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail. You'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop.
0: Jalen mm-hmm. McDaniels, our guest here today on the Hornets Hivecast. Looking at the remainder of this season, you start the year with certain goals as a team. Mm-hmm. Primarily, make the playoffs. You're solidly in seventh place right now. Mm-hmm. It feels like some of, the, some of the media outside is saying, well, now your goal should be getting to the top six. And if you're not there, that there's mm-hmm. some, I don't know if disappointments, are the right yeah. or wrong word, but like that should be the goal. Have you guys changed your goals from making the playoffs mm-hmm. to, well, now we have to be top six no. or this isn't good enough?
2: No, we're not. We're not even worried about top six. Like, we just worried about every game, each day, trying to win that game. Can't think about the future. Like, we just got to take it a day at a time, you know. If we— get to six great if we get past it even better but if we had seven when it's time for the playoffs or whatever then we just got a another game come up we got to we got to take the get the dub and to move on so so it is
0: so one yeah. way to look at it is mm-hmm. looking up at the standings and we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to catch these guys the other way is you're creating separation between yourselves and the teams that are yeah, chasing yeah. you exactly. how important is that just to have the confidence that you're not quote unquote playing for a play-in spot mm-hmm. night after night the way you were at the tail end of last season
2: yeah you know uh I feel like we all know, like, we're better than that playing spot. You know, we just got to go out there and show it. You know, we see... When we lose, some teams go up, so I mean, we take notice of that, so we know what we got to do. But I feel like we don't be like, oh, we got to get a win, like they're going to pass us. I feel like we're not really worried about that right now, to be honest. We're just worried about each game getting there, then, yeah.
0: When you look at the standings, they see a team 7-10, to 10, they think, yeah. oh, that, that's a play-in tournament spot. Mm-hmm. It's a, a certain level, it's a good level, but mm-hmm. maybe not as good as the top six. But When you compare the conferences to each other, mm-hmm. Number 10 spot in the East is a 500 team yeah, who has yeah. got some playoff experience see. and an all star on their roster. The number 10 team in the Western Conference has good players, mm-hmm. but there's several games below yeah, 500. Yeah, How difficult is the Eastern Conference right
2: now? Yeah, it's difficult because I remember when we were like tied for 500 and we lost and we went down like to eighth place or something like that. And I didn't even know until you said, but like I remember. There was like three teams, we all have the same record. So it's like if you lose, you're going down. You win, you're going up. So East is a, it's a challenge right now. Everybody's trying to win. You know, we all got some of the same type of record. So we got to be the team that gets the most wins out of that
0: looking at yourself here as you grade yourself game in game out what are some of the things you look at because your shots per game Mm -hmm. they're going to fluctuate sometimes whether or not even they go down but when you're grading yourself is it the quality of the shots is it the decision making what do you pinpoint as to how well you're playing on a nightly basis
2: for me it's based off like my energy and effort i can already tell like because that's just how i played like play with high energy just everywhere on the floor like if i don't feel that i can tell like i don't know today Like, not like I don't know, like, I'm having a bad game, but, like, I can't explain it. It's kind of weird. You just know when you you play basketball. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, that's for me, just always having that energy, effort, even starting off with a rebound, pushing it, getting an assist. Like, that'll make me uh, get in the rhythm, I would say. So, yeah, that's the two for me.
0: The one thing that I've noticed from watching you throughout this season is your intensity in practice. Mm -hmm. And being an 82-game season, some guys are practicing a a lot more with the young guys than others. You tend to a lot. Mm -hmm. How much is it paying off for you having that intensity where if they were scoring the games, you are averaging 20-something a game in Mm -hmm. in these practices. How important is it for you and for the young guys to see someone who was Very recently in their shoes, G Lee up and down that kind of thing, and now as this established member of the rotation, Mm -hmm. seeing what it takes to play at this level.
2: Yeah, just even me coming in and still play with the young guys and stuff like that. Like it's because I still, I still know I, I got to get better. Like I have to do stuff too. So me coming in just showing them, like, bro, I've been here three years. I'm in the rotation, but like this could be gone. Like you still got to work. Like you guys are rooks right now, but like when you guys get to my shoes. You guys should be doing better or, like, you know, just on the road to doing better. So that's when I'm going in and show them, like, you got to always work. You don't play a game. Don't pout about it. Come in the next day and just play the hardest and drop 20 in the practice game. Like, be mad, but, like, you're going to feel good after, like, you did that. And you're going to think about it. Like, I'm good. You're going to calm down, you know? So I feel like that's what what I've did, and it's helped me. so. I just try to tell them the same thing.
0: My last question for you, Jalen, looking back at the standings, we know everything is
2: pretty tightly congested
0: right now, one through six, and you guys are kind of right there Mm. on the precipice, but you've beaten a lot of the teams that are ahead of you, and there's just a lot of parity, it feels like, among some really good teams in the East. When you look ahead to potentially a playoff series, whether it's against a Miami, a Chicago, any of the teams that could end up matched up with you, How confident are you guys that you'll go into that series knowing that you've beaten that team before and have at least played very well against whomever it might be?
2: You know, just already having that understanding of the team that we already played, you know, and just knowing what we did to succeed, you know, just taking that out there and just trying to replicate it as much as we can. We know it's not going to be perfect how we did the game before, but just taking those little bits and pieces that we learned from the film, what we did, good and what we did bad and what we can't do I feel like that will make us have the most confidence like oh yeah we're gonna go out there and get this one tonight like we know what to do we know we did last game that made us have a bad game but we still won but you know it's just um locking in and just knowing your job and just going out there and just having fun playing hard really Jalen appreciate the time so much thanks for joining
0: us here today on the Hornets podcast
2: yes sir thank you appreciate you
0: Our thanks again to Hornets forward Jalen McDaniels for joining us here today on the Hornets Hivecast, and we are keeping our fingers crossed that we'll see him back out there on the hardwood tomorrow when the Hornets visit the Boston Celtics. We'll have another edition of the Hornets Hivecast for you tomorrow, previewing that one. My producer Rob Longo will be back with us again, and we will talk Hornets versus Celtics as Charlotte looks to take advantage of a two-day break and get back on the winning track, visiting the Celtics at TD Garden. Till then, again, thank you to Jalen McDaniels for joining us. Thanks to our producer Rob Longo for all his help and hard work on this edition of the HHC and most of all to all of you for tuning in. I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along and we'll talk to you again tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage visit hornets.com.